Good morning, everyone. Friends, are the prophet in our first reading, he is speaking about, um, he foretells the fall of Jerusalem. And in fact, Jerusalem would fall. But he's telling the people, and those folks at his time, Ezekiel also, were having a rough period. Uh, he said, but the Lord God himself will establish his kingdom, and that kingdom will be forever. And for us as Christians, we understood that as the Messiah. And it took some time, didn't it? I mean, he, the one thing the prophet is trying to tell him is you've got to have some patience here. It's in God's time and in his way. And he would fulfill that with the incarnation of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the Messiah, would usher in the very reign of God. And when... when um, when Mark uses the kingdom, he's talking about the reign of God on earth. He's saying the kingdom of God. He really means uh, on earth what's being established. And St. Paul in our second reading, um, he uses the word we, but when you read the whole chapter, he's talking about himself, which is okay. But what he's saying is, I am attentive to my Lord. I'm doing everything I can to please him. And he would go on to say, I'm not perfect. But I am attempting to please my Lord. And he would say, and you need to do the same. And what he puts forth is, so when the time comes that I do meet my Lord, when he passes, I will not be afraid. And he's communicating the same thing to us. Just the same way the prophet was communicating hope, he's communicating hope also to us, uh, Paul is. And he said, all of, everyone will be held accountable for what they say and do. And uh, so he says, so be attentive about pleasing the Lord. And my friends, our, our gospel also speaks, uh, we're entering into the, the parables of Jesus, and uh, the church has been studying the parables since our Lord spoke them. And um, they simply can always be what we call teased out, and uh, every once in a while your pastor, Father Mark, will take some liberties with uh, the parables but sometimes the parables should not be done that way, and I'm not going to do that today. And I'm going to kind of just stick to uh, the classic understanding of these parables, which are certainly about uh, the virtues of patience, trust in God, uh, and uh, doing what we are supposed to do, but really allowing God to do what God does. And by way of the parable, Jesus expresses a truth to us that we know in our hearts um, so he uses things of the earth. He talks about things that they would un kind of understand to explain things that are difficult to understand. And so he says, a seed is planted in the ground and it develops into a full-grown bush. It needs water and it needs sunshine. And it certainly needs the patience of the farmer. You know, that's what he's saying. He goes to bed and he comes up and he wakes up and goes back to sleep and he comes and he comes and looks and oh, there it is growing. And the patient you know, the farmer is like, oh, no, no, no. I planted it on Sunday, better be growing on Tuesday. Well, patience, patience. And uh, we're told that the farmer does not know exactly how it all works, but he knows that something's happening. Even more mysterious is the fact that this plant uh, needs to be pruned. And uh, when some of its branches are cut away, it there's a technique to pruning. Uh, I have a rose 
plant now <laughs> by the house that I live. And it was a rose bush until I got my hands on it. And uh, Terry Dukes, who passed away this past year, she tended to the property back there for me. So I went and just started pruning away. And I learned you just don't go and prune that way because now it's a, a wild rose thing. <laughs> it has wispy branches everywhere and one flower here, one flower there. I learned I'm going to call the experts to come and deal with, with the... so it can get back to being a rose bush. But... Um, there are mysteries in nature that uh, can be described but not fully understood. And one of them is gravity. Science does not fully understand how it works. It knows that it's there. It knows what it does. But it doesn't know how. And one of the things that, and, uh, that happens with gravity is it pulls. And most of the universe pushes. So... Uh, it's a kind of a thing where uh, you can go look it up. Science is like, yeah, it's there, we know, but not exactly. Like, so we don't completely understand it, but uh, we know that it's there, we know that something's going on. So Jesus uses things of the nature to explain something, not with the intention to teach us about agriculture, although maybe he was, and to teach us about physics, maybe, I don't know. But that's not what he, he's, the mystery of the reign of God is the church, and there's a mystery in it, just in densest of shrubs. And we can understand the comparison that he's drawing. So my friends, but the church began in that upper room with those apostles, and um, Antioch in Syria, and then across the whole Mediterranean, eventually getting to Rome, thanks to St. Paul, and is even more of a mystery than the growth of a seed, uh, or even gravity, as far as I'm concerned. You see, my friends, from its very beginning, the church has had forces against it, have sought the destruction of the Catholic Church from its beginning. So why is it still here, thought of no more? What is it? The thing about a mystery is we may not know everything, but we can know something. So what is it that we know then about the mystery of the Holy Catholic Church is that the Holy Spirit is at work in it. And just as vegetation needs light and water to grow, as I opened my homily with, the church must have action. And my friends, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was sent upon those men in that room, and uh, there were women in the room also, the church began, and it began to grow and to spread. And the work of the Holy Spirit in the church should not come as a surprise to us because the Holy Spirit has been very busy along with the Father and the Son. All in, going all the way back to Genesis, we're told the very Spirit of God came across what was chaos and brought it all into unity. And that's one of the chaos. And then everything became organized. And then, recall Jesus himself is made incarnate in a woman, Mary, Mama Mary. That is by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And my friends, uh, during the Eucharistic prayer, the bishop or priest, the Holy Spirit, and you should always listen to what the bishop and priest are praying because they represent you. And it can be confusing because he'll pray first to the Father, and then he prays to Jesus, the Son. Then sometimes he acts in what we call persona Christi as Jesus. So you should pay attention. What is the priest saying? He's representing me in that moment at the altar. Pay attention to what he is saying, what he is praying. What is he saying to the Father? What is he saying to Christ on your behalf? But in the, one of the Eucharistic prayers, the priest will say, Make holy, therefore, these gifts by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become. The priest of the bishop will continue with the prayer saying that all who partake of this one bread and this one chalice may be gathered into one body to be unified. You see the presence of the Spirit. One of its marks is unifying. My friends, the Holy Spirit governs over the church. The Holy Spirit formed Christ in the womb of Mary, and he continues to form Christ in the Eucharist, as well as inside the church, and to make the church one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. And when we say this, my friends, um, there is one leader of this church, and that is Jesus Christ. Either you believe that or you do not. There is no middle ground. Our church, its leader, its founder, its master, is Jesus Christ. Small c. <laughs> we mean universal. It's everywhere. And it reaches back not only, not only geographically, but universal in that it reaches all the way back in time to Jesus. And it reaches all the way into the future. As he said, I will be with you always until the end of the ages. And my friends, um, we are part of that. We need to be open to the steerings and the movement of the Holy Spirit because as the Holy Spirit transforms all things, the Holy Spirit helps to transform us. And my friends, the church is not perfect, but our founder is holy and perfect. How can it? The church on earth cannot be perfect because we are in it. Do you understand? My friends, uh, we have a God who is perfect and our church is holy and we, say, we don't say one perfect apostolic church. We say one holy Catholic and apostolic. Holy. Because it is our founder himself. It is God who's holy. Because all of us are, no, because our leader is. And he's helping us to be that way. And the Holy Spirit, weakness and mistakes have happened. Whether on our own or those of others in the church, even the, to the church's hierarchies, and they should not just... Well, I bring up to you something from John's Gospel, where G Peter is having a conversation. Jesus has told him, all of them, something that is very... And they begin to leave him. And Jesus, Jesus says, will you leave me also? And Peter says, where am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. 
Peter couldn't understand everything. But what he understood was Jesus was Lord. And Jesus has promised to be with his church always. And my friends, just as that shrub occasionally needs pruning for healthy growth, so does the church. One who knows how to do that. Repentance, renewal, transformation to always be with his church. It is my privilege to be a priest in the Roman Catholic Church. It is my privilege to be a member of this church. It is a blessing. My friends, in our church's history, even from the very beginning, even Jesus' original group, come on, Jesus, let's go, let's go, let's get those Romans and give it to them real good. Jesus, calm down. Judas, Iscariot, he also tried to force the hand of God. We saw what happened. Either Jesus is in charge of his church or he is not. I believe he is. Either you do or you do not believe. Where are we going to go? Don't leave. There are people who don't like this pope, don't like that pope, don't like this bishop, don't like that. Have faith, have trust in God. Has been always. We simply have to look at the past and see. If the church was not holy, it would not. I choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the leech, what he teaches. Get even some of my own parishioners. Too bad. I will go to, I will go to prison for Jesus, but not for you guys. <laughs> I will teach the priest's life. And we may not understand everything. But understand this. Jesus is the head of our church. He always has been. He always will be. Now, friends, I don't want people to be to misunderstand full active participation. So when its members has concerns, even objections, certainly you bring those forward. But I will stand with Mother Church always because there is no other place to go. I will always defend her with my very life. That is why I'm called to, oh, yes, Father, you're a priest. You are a baptized disciple of Jesus. You will be called to the same thing. There's no, that's what Paul was saying in the second reading. All of you, all of us. If you have an objection or you have, if something's going on, then look to our past. I will bring two saints forward for you to recall. First, Hildegard of Bingen, the church of her time. She did it with humility and absolutely loves Francis of Assisi. Go and read his story. He marched right in, but he did so with great humility. He did so with great love and with charity of heart and with the prompting of the Holy Spirit because they have truth and power and they come from our Lord. And I will expect all the members to be
I may not understand everything, but when the time comes for me to die and I have to make my accounting, I will say to the Lord, I did not understand everything, Lord, but I remained obedient to you. I remained obedient to your church. Let me in. <laughs> That's the great thing about being obedient. Okay? A lot of people have been getting discouraged and upset and angry about this bishop, that bishop, what Francis says, what he doesn't say. Pray, breathe, remember who ultimately is in charge of the church. Be patient then with God. He's always fulfilled everything he has ever said. He will continue to do so. Not only with his church, but with each of you, his treasure. Amen?